Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. The Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. How great that you came back for part two of the Alex Ben Block uh, interview here. It's a sequel. And, uh, boy, Alex is just so connected to what's going on. It's almost like he's got the crystal ball out there in mm-hmm. Southern California. Uh, entertainment and industry journal- journalist and author. Written weekly columns about personalities, trends, and news in broadcast, satellite, and cable TV for top publications like Television Week. Uh, he's also a regular panelist for a Call Sheet. And uh, it's that's a show that's actually uh, broadcast on the NPR affiliate KPCC-FM in Southern California on a mm-hmm. weekly basis. So, Been around the block a couple of times. He was uh, with Forbes, uh, the Detroit News, the Miami, uh, Miami News. I was going to say the Miami Herald. That's not true. Uh, so just a whole bunch of good stuff. And Alex will be back with us for a few segments on today's show. We also have uh, Gene Bliss a little bit later on in the show. Gene is going to talk about the customer experience as it results, uh, as it relates to stop the customer hot potato. In just a few moments, got a new feature out of uh, Patrick Meyer, Cirque du Soleil. And that's a marketing insider. And that's coming your way here momentarily here. With Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Uh, you go you mentioned, by the way, that you have uh, clients that are half-baked. So maybe that's what Gene's talking about. Well, we'll find out, I guess. I'm sure we all do, don't we? <laughs> no, not me. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it, it, this is, I pulled this out of Time magazine. This is a lady or a man, don't know, by the name of Coco Masters. And it's, it says... Coco, it's a woman. Coco. Coco. Well, yeah, I guess unless you're French or something like that. That's true. Little Coco, he's so cute. <laughs> Watch enough television commercials and you get the sense that Americans are obsessed with air freshener. Ooh. We are. We are. Yeah. Trigger happy, they call it, women routinely rush around the house armed with cans of uh, the stuff, uh, gleefully spraying running shoes... Uh, embarrassed dogs, cigar smoke-laden furniture, whole families, it seems, are intoxicated by the fresh summer scent of summer breeze or berry <laughs> burst or whatever. But oh here's the thing. Mm-hmm. There's a thing called phthalates, T-H-A-L. Actually, it's not spelled that way, but uh, phthalates. Yeah. It's with a it's silent P-H, so it's phthalates mm-hmm. or phthalates. Uh, but just how fresh is the air freshener? A study released by the National Resources Defense Council. Now, whoever knew there's a council like Evalu- Evaluated 14 air fresheners off the shelf of a, a local a drugstore and found that 12 contained variable amounts of substances called phthalates, a group hmm. of chemicals that are used to dissolve and carry fragrances, soften plastics, and also as sealants and adhesives. Phthalates are commonly found in a variety of products, including cosmetics, paints, nail polish, and kids' toys. Here we go again with the kids' toys, and have long been at the center of a larger international controversy over their health effects. What they're saying, studies involving rat and human subjects have suggested that high exposures to certain kinds of phthalates can cause cancer, developmental and sex hormone abnormalities. Listen to Ah, this closely, Brad. This may explain things. Increased testosterone and sperm levels and malformed sex organs in infants. Well, there you go. And can affect fertility. So go ahead and freshen up the air, folks, and especially if you're expecting, because it looks like the folks at the Natural Resources Defense Council, the NRDC, 
have something else to say about that. You right. know, it certainly wouldn't hurt to check with a physician on the validity of something like this, because if phthalates, I mean, it, it's a chemical for crying mm-hmm. out loud. You know, you're not putting right. fresh flowers in your house. You're, you're making a fake smell, uh, spritz your nose or whatever every few minutes. But uh, interesting, huh? Well, you know, you said the research they did were both on rats and humans. Making those humans smell the rats after they sprayed them <laughs> with the air freshener, I yeah. thought was kind of rude. But uh, right. and, and certainly the PETA people probably were up in arms. But shouldn't they have expiration dates on air fresheners? <laughs> when they I mean, I'm just, I thought about that as you were saying. But for, for, frankly, Ray, I don't yeah. know about you, but when I walk into a room and I smell that, I'm thinking, the first question, and you verified it. Up? It's like, yeah, it's like well, I'm breathing this uh, mm-hmm. uh, spray, and I know it can't be good for you. Uh, no. How could it be good for you? Yeah. No. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Now Open got, the uh, window or do something. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, real quickly, uh, uh, All Terrain, uh, a guerrilla marketing uh, firm out of Boston, uh, a wonderful company that's done some work on behalf of the advertising show. You heard us talk about it last uh, program last week and, and during advertising week. I just wanted to say uh, thanks and, and, and wonderful effort uh, on behalf of the advertising show during advertising week, New York City, uh, All Terrain. Uh, wonderful, wonderful company. Adam Salacuse over there and uh, CEO and founder. And also welcome aboard to uh, uh, Captivate Networks, which we are uh, f- finalizing a relationship with and a wonderful, wonderful company. You'll be hearing sure. us talk more about Captivate Networks in, I say networks, network singular in the future. We will be talking more. It's captivating, all right. Alex Benblock is, is going to be with us shortly here on the advertising show for his uh, second uh, week in a row. And uh, if he wins, he gets a third week. No, just kidding. Here's uh, Patrick Meyer on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Let's listen. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about an amazing phenomenon around the world, Cirque du Soleil. And the reason I'm talking about it is because of its amazing brand experience and how they market it. When I grew up, circus was Ringling Brothers and Barnum Bailey. Then Cirque du Soleil came along and reinvented the term circus, did it around the world, and touched millions of people. But what they do that stands out that relates to you as a marketer and advertiser are a couple things. Unique product that goes a different way. Second, they over-deliver. Great experience from beginning to end. They inspire people. Third, they create advocates. The best form of marketing is word of mouth. Next, they use episodic marketing. There's an incredible amount of fanfare and episodic pre- and post-work that goes on. So creating episodes that come into people's world all around different Cirque du Soleils and as they tour. Next, they fit with people's lifestyle or entertainment lifestyle. So if you go to Vegas, it's there. If you go to Miami, it's there. If you live in Springfield, Illinois, they're coming there also. But you can also pick it up in music to enjoy it and savor it later. Or you can buy souvenirs and masks and different things. So they enable you to be touched by it in different ways. And lastly, they keep it fresh. It's constantly evolving, constantly intriguing people and bringing them in in a new way. So as a marketer, you say, better brand experience, zig and zag differently than everybody else, over-deliver, inspire, create advocates, keep it fresh, and create an episodic approach that constantly evolves. That, my friend, is Cirque du Soleil. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. This is Patrick Meyer as your marketing insider. And remember, the revolution is now. Hey, you want to know more? Go to nowing.net or send me an email at patrick at 
It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Thanks, Patrick. That's, uh, that's really cool, as a matter of fact. Alex Ben Block, senior columnist, HollywoodToday.net, will be with us momentarily uh, here at theadvertisingshow.com. What is that you have there? Well, uh, if I were to say long hammer, long hammer, what would you think? Well, it has something to do with HGTV. No, I don't know. <laughs> and you and I both are, are, you know, appreciators of beer, I should say, and not oh, just okay. everyday beer. But there's a Longhammer IPA is the nation's top-selling Indian pale ale, and that's strange for both you and me because it's under a new game, a new name, and a new campaign. Formerly hmm. known as, you will know this name, Red Hook IPA. Oh, sure. The Red Hook uh, ale brewing uh, product is now being reintroduced as the Hopily Drinkable IPA via uh, TM Advertising out of uh, Texas. Hmm. The execution in print radio and online delivers the message that Long Hammer is refreshingly smooth and highlights the brew's unique bottle design, this according to the agency. But, I mean, why, why would they take Red Hook, which was, I thought, a well-known name, not sure. that I ever really tried that beer. That's yeah, actually it, pretty good, too. It is, and they're just re, uh, they're reintroducing it as, uh, as Long Hammer. I that doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't, does it? No. I'm just speaking of people who do a great job of marketing beers, but I couldn't get them to give me any to, or mail me some. Yet. Uh, yet. Yet. was the, the Great Lakes Brewing Company out of Cleveland. They have the most incredible beers uh, at the uh, Great Lakes uh, Brewing Name Company. Name one. Uh, oh Elliot Ness Brew. Really? Yes. And wow. it's a, it's a it's a it's a place. It's a really cool place in a really neat part of uh, of uh, the city of Cleveland on the west side. Hmm. And uh, the place is amazing. The brews are even more amazing. And we've got a lot of cool stuff to go along with it too. GreatLakesBrewingCompany.com is their website too. Check it out. So welcome to the beer show here. <laughs> Alex Ben Block is next with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the advertising show. We hope you stay with us. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Men, nothing takes it off like Noxima medicated cheese. Just like going back to your favorite restaurant uh, once a weekend, right? Uh, we've got Alex Ben Block uh, with us again, senior columnist. HollywoodToday.net out of Southern California for part two of our conversation with Alex. Welcome back. Great to have you here. Thank you, gentlemen. Always good to be on. It's hard to cover uh, Alex and what he has to say in, in one show, as no, we both know, Ray. It's impossible. It really is. And, right. and uh, once again, as Ray mentioned last uh, last segment, re- reading up on uh, Alex's bio and so forth, visit uh, Visit his uh, website or Google. I think we should, can we get sued saying Google now? Do you have to pay some some kind of no, uh, it's a, it's a residual? Verb. What's it's a that? verb, I think. Oh, yeah. it is a verb? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, go online, check uh, Google uh, Alex Benblock or, or check him out at uh, HollywoodToday.net. And uh, it's a great, great website and a great place to go and read up more on, on Alex. He's got a lot of great things to say, more than what we can cover uh, just here on the advertising show. You know, I know you're a big fan Alex of of Katie Couric, as we are here on the show. Uh, not sure if looking back, if it was such a great decision to have uh, bolted the Today Show. Although uh, Meredith has done a great job in filling her shoes, uh, 
And, and they had a, a lot of great innovative ideas on CBS Evening News with uh, Katie Couric originally. They've since bailed on those. They're retrenching, reworking, trying to go back to some traditional pieces. I know she just got back from uh, Iraq and, and so forth. Do you know how she's doing? Uh, uh, things I'm reading are not, not that favorable. Well, it's not a pretty picture, I have to tell you. Uh, it's unfortunate. You know, you can argue if you go back and look at it that maybe she went into something that wasn't really possible to do. The evening news, that half-hour show, has a very old demographic. It gets really an old audience. And that audience comes looking for their daily briefing. And they seem to like a reassuring male voice to tell them this is really the way it is. And so the uh, leaders in the field, Charles Gibson at ABC and Brian Williams at NBC, are both that kind of reassuring male voice. Mm -hmm. uh, Katie has her following. There are people who like her, and she gets a, a certain uh, audience. Remember, even being number three, her audience is still bigger than all of the cable news channels, including Fox, put together for the week pretty much every night. But uh, in that race, she's losing, and unfortunately, even the trip to Iraq really didn't help. In fact, after the trip to Iraq, her ratings went down instead of up. Hmm. Yeah, well, uh, but I understand CBS is hanging in there, and they're not going to be making any changes anytime soon. They can't afford to make any I changes. I don't believe <laughs> that uh, Leslie Moonves is ready to give up on her, but I think uh, going forward, you know... Uh, the real question here is, if you go back historically, the thing that made anchors was elections. And so if Katie Kirk somehow could step up and be more involved in the 08 election, and uh, as Huntley and Brinkley did way back in the 60s, that was what uh, gave them a tremendous boost. Uh, maybe that kind of visibility might help her, but uh, it's going to be difficult because this is not the 60s. There's not two or three outlets. There's hundreds of outlets now. So uh, it's tough to find an audience. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, shifting gears for a moment, NBC added a, a fourth hour uh, on, on the uh, their breakfast program, the Today Show, and uh, just when you thought uh, uh, three hours was enough, they added a fourth. ABC's followed uh, with Good Morning America adding an hour, but only for online subscribers. What's going on there, Alex? Well, it's online in some cable subscribers. It's on what's called ABC Now, which is a separate channel they've developed. It's an all-news, 24-7, round-the-clock news channel. Uh, sort of a competitor to CNN, but uh, more kind of what you would expect to find from ABC News, but done around the clock. So this is, again, uh, expanding resources, getting more out of what you have, and trying to extend your franchises. Uh, you know, the question is, at that time of morning, whether it's the fourth hour of today or a third hour of GMA, most of the viewers are going to be females who are home during the day who, uh, who have time to watch. Uh, and is this what they want? And, and are they going to go to the computer, or are they going to stick to the TV set, or take the kids out for a walk in the stroller? Hmm. It's hard to tell what the level of demand is going to be. But in each of these cases, these are franchises trying to extend what they do and, uh, and make more money without adding more personnel. Taking a chapter out of uh, America's... Uh uh, what, what's Fox's program, Ray, that we can never remember? You know. American the, Morning, yes. Uh, no, the talent show. Amer American Idol? American. Thank you. you Thank go. you. It uh, hasn't been on America's lately. America's so, Most Wanted. <laughs> you know, the, the yes. Uh, so, uh, winners and losers in this season's uh, syndicated TV programs. Uh, your thoughts, Alex? Well, i got to say I'm a little bit surprised. I think it's the dumbest show I've ever seen, but TMZ is a hit. <laughs> the uh, website that started a year ago, the sort of no-holds-barred, uh, you know, take-no-prisoners, uh, we-don't-play-the-game show, 
is the one that is uh, out the gate the fastest. And uh, Warner Brothers and AOL, it's a joint venture uh, for TMZ. And uh, they're the number one hottest of the new five new first-run strips, as they're called, shows that uh, are on uh, pretty much every day of the week, five days a week, through syndication. In second place is Universal's The Steve Wilkos Show. Uh, and then there's Sony Pictures Television's Judge David Young and Merv Griffin's Crosswords. Mm-hmm. Now, Merv passed away recently, and there was kind of a lot of feeling of, you know, this is his last big show, and let's really see, give, you know, see it get some results. But so far, it's off to a pretty tepid start. Hmm. And it might be noted, uh, TMZ.com, owned by Warner AOL, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I wonder why they added uh, Merv's name to that crossword. Why couldn't it just be, you know, crossword? I don't. I didn't get. Well, that. it was on his name to begin with. Yeah. It wasn't well, added. It was after he died they decided to keep it on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Uh, he was the executive producer. Merv is the guy who kind of thought up the idea for it, just as he thought up, uh, you know, some other great game shows in the past. So with due respect Fortune, to him, yeah. which of course was the one that you know he's most famous for, uh, and so I think uh, it was going to be Merv Griffin's crosswords anyway. And I think this is a way of honoring him uh, now that he's passed. And, uh, gosh, news recently announcing NBC's decision to leave uh, iTunes. A big surprise, at least from from our perspective. What are your thoughts there, Alex? Well, it seemed like because the sales were very good that uh, you would think they would stay there. They were selling shows for about $1.99 each. But, uh, interestingly, uh, Apple reported later that NBC Universal left because they wanted them to increase the price of the shows to four ninety nine per episode. As Again, the current price is $1.99. And uh, this was said to be disconcerting to the folks at Apple, and especially since they'd already signed contracts with ABC, CBS, and Fox, all to sell their episodes at $1.99 each. So while they said they were disappointed they had to leave, uh, it would have screwed up their whole uh, operation and angered all the other people they have deals with had they uh, allowed NBC to do that. Hmm. And so uh, NBC actually has gone now and made other deals, including one with something called Amazon Unbox, which is a downloading service, and they're going to be selling select shows to the public uh, through Amazon Unbox. TV Land, uh, by the way, Brad, TV yeah. Land just recently uh, started uh, running, uh, this is kind of cute, the Andy Griffith Show. You watch the the three segments of the Andy Griffith Show. You pick out your favorite uh, shows and everything like that mm-hmm. on the uh, tvland.com website. It's kind of cool to see that kind of stuff. Andy. It's, uh, Andy and Marty and yes. everybody like that. <laughs> We've got Alex Ben Block here on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. It's being powered by Shippel.com. It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com, and it's an incredible marketing machine for web marketing. So uh, check it out. A program called Tendency really maximizes your potential there. We've got a couple more segments to spend with Alex Ben Block, senior columnist at HollywoodToday.net, along with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications. And it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. 
Okay, so talking off the air about the Andy Griffith theme song, I'm wondering if that's the same guy that did that. Could Who be. knows? It probably is. Uh, yeah. There's probably just one whistler there, and he had a mother. It's uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Our special guest is Alex Ben Block, senior columnist at HollywoodToday.net, and welcome back to the show. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, we're going to save for next segment your thoughts on uh, the new fall lineup uh, for, for the networks. But uh, before we do that, just your thoughts on what's going on with uh, all of the, the, the huge number of new and returning shows all making their debuts during the uh, official premiere week of September 24th through 30th. I mean, typically, they would stagger that a bit. What are they all focusing in on that one week? Well, not just that one week, but, you know, this one-month period when all these new shows come on, I have to tell you, I think that the whole system by which most television shows are launched by the major broadcast networks is absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. I think it is stupid. I think it's crazy. There aren't enough eyeballs to go around. If you're going to put three, four, five new shows on in a time period and slam them all against each other, no kidding, most of them are going to fail. So shows that you worked on for months or years that have great cast and good writing get slammed to the side of the road and become roadkill just because there's not enough eyeballs to go around, especially these days with more and more people kind of, you know, moving to cable or other areas. So, uh, you know, my idea is that they should have gone to 24-7 programming, mm-hmm. around-the-year programming, but when they tried it at Fox, at NBC, most of it wasn't successful, and so, once again, we're back to the fall bloodbath where they'll put up 10 new shows and nine of them will fail, and you know what? It's idiocy. Yeah, and you know, and there's still some programs that carried on through the summer, but yet not uh, not certainly the bulk of, of what we see being now launched in the fall. And yeah, you're putting all your eggs in in, in one season basket, so to speak. And uh, I agree with you. I thought it wasn't so long ago, Alex. We were talking about how uh, programming was uh, making a move to a 12 month season or a 12 month uh, uh, strategy. There wasn't it. Yeah, well, that was uh, two hours and three regimes ago. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. enough shows have now failed. They still put some new shows on in the summer, and The Singing Bee, I think, was one show that went on this summer that actually spills over into the fall and became a success. But it's pretty unusual, and, uh, you know, for whatever reasons, it's very difficult to launch a show, but when you put them all on at once, it becomes even more difficult. Well, let's talk about uh, Hollywood and the big screen. What can you tell us about the spat between Viacom, Sumner, Redstone, Steven Spielberg, and, and David Geffen? You know, i got to wonder about Sumner Redstone as he approaches 90 and he continues to make outrageous statements and do and say things that uh, are upsetting to a lot of people in Hollywood. And the latest is that uh, Steven Spielberg and David Geffen, who uh, were part of DreamWorks, which was acquired by Paramount, which is part of Viacom, are now negotiating whether they're going to stay on after their initial contract is up. At the moment, the betting is they are not, that Spielberg and Geffen will move on. And uh, to me, it's been very foolish that uh, some of the people around Sumner Redstone have been making statements saying, we don't need Spielberg, it's going to be immaterial to the company. This guy is the greatest filmmaker of our generation. And uh, he, whether he's making commercial stuff like the Indiana Jones movie that Paramount will be carrying uh, this coming May, which is going to be huge, or whether he's making serious stuff like Schindler's List, he is the great filmmaker of our generation. And to say that losing him is immaterial, I think, is disrespectful to him and not very bright by them. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't so long ago, just uh, you know, say what you will about Tom Cruise and, uh, Frank, you know, a lot of actors um, 
behave differently off screen than on screen that might you know might not make you or my approval but uh, Tom Cruise still has box office appeal and and yet uh, that's another example of a, a harebrained move on, on Sumner Redstone's part right right they burned the bridge with Tom Cruise by making insulting remarks so his business contract was coming up and you don't want to renew it fine that doesn't mean you have to go out and say negative things about the guy in public and embarrass him as Redstone did Mm-hmm. So now Tom Cruise has made an incredible deal to not only make movies for United Artists, to be a, but to be an owner of the new United Artists. And uh, they have some interesting films coming out, and MGM is distributing them, and that's also under new ownership and very energized. And it's going to be interesting to see, as his first slate comes up, whether or not Sumner Redstone was right, or Tom Cruise will be on cruise control once again. Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a weird deal. I understand there's a possible shakeup in the works at Time Warner. Well, Time Warner is preparing for a transition at the top very soon. Uh, You know, Dick Parsons has been the chairman of Time Warner for the last several years, and uh, although his contract is not up until about the middle of next year, it now looks like he may step down as CEO as early as January, and he'll be replaced by Jeff Bukes. And this is a planned, uh, you know, he's already president, and they have planned, and they, they know that he's going to take over as the CEO and uh, I know Jeff Bukes for many years. He's a first-rate executive, a very smart and sensitive guy. He's got a wonderful sense of humor, uh, and I think he's very much going to be up to the job. And Dick Parsons isn't going away. He's going to move up to be chairman for some period of time, so he'll be around to uh, contribute as well. But Time Warner's got a big challenge ahead of him. You know, all these media companies are being redefined. Should they spin off their cable division? Should they sell more assets? Should they divide the Time Magazine group from the Warner Movie Group? These are all things that shareholders and some hedge funds would like to see them do to so-called increase value. But so far, uh, the Time Warner management is saying, we're going to keep this company together. And, uh, you know, it's a great corporation, but what the future is going to bring now is going to be up to Jeff Bukes probably as early as uh, this coming January. So much to talk about here on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and our very special guest. Out of Southern California, the senior columnist at HollywoodToday.net, Alex Benblock. We've got uh, one more segment with Alex, and we'll do that in just a moment. How can 18 different companies all sell the exact same thing known as water? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most thought-provoking, groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. Your job demands you not only have good ideas, but great ideas. And those great ideas have to start somewhere. And that somewhere is in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. How can you get someone's attention if you don't have $10 million in a celebrity endorsement? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most innovative and groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. The next big idea demands out-of-the-box thinking. Start your search for greatness in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. 
Today's your brew day. Today you've got a running start. You're a man who feels the part. It's your lucky brew day today. Get your day off to a running start. One final segment here on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth and our special guest out of Southern California. It's senior columnist, HollywoodToday.net, and it's Alex Benblock. Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much. Yeah, and you know, uh, buzzworthy cable dramas uh, leading into the fall. N- never before, as I recall, Alex, uh, you know, Mad Men on AMC and others, uh, never never had such a, uh, uh, I guess, an anticipated impact on the networks, or, or are they even taking notice? What, what's your thoughts? No, I think they're taking notice because the share of audience that watch broadcast network TV continues to decline. Uh, you take a show like The Closer on TNT, uh, its premiere episodes and, and its weekly episodes uh, have been doing about as well as uh, most of the broadcast networks. And, uh, you know, that's a very powerful thing, and it does change things. I think really what has happened is that about three-quarters of the people in the United States now have some sort of form of cable. And it's all just another button, another number. It's a really it's about the show. It's about what's good and how well it's promoted and then how much it brings you back again. And cable's doing a better and better job, not just HBO, but uh, the, the Turner Networks and uh, uh, Court TV and others as well. So it's a much more level playing field, and I think we're seeing that impact the ratings. Now, the broadcast networks are still the biggest in terms of uh, a single rating, but, uh, you know, the top broadcast network show used to get 25 million viewers. Today, if they get 7 or 8 million, it's a miracle. So it's a different world. Yeah, and you know, let's let's shift gears and, and talk about the new fall uh, network lineup. Uh, which shows in particular are getting the most buzz uh, going into the new season? Well, uh, let's talk about some of the new shows. Although you know, some of the returning shows like Heroes and others, uh, we talked about Thirty Rock recently, are interesting. But let's talk about some new shows. Uh, I'm going to pick for you two shows that are very, very different, but I think both are worth attention. Uh, the first one is the only really traditional sitcom on the schedule. Myth Back to You, which is on the Fox Network, and returns us with uh, Kelsey Grammer, Patricia Heaton, and Fred Willard, uh, and it's set in a TV station in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and it's a cute comedy. It's really got some possibilities, but it's really the traditional comedy structure of good performers, funny lines, good characters playing off each other. It's really back to try to do with the Mary Tyler Moore show for the 21st century. So that's kind of a traditional form. Now, here's a show that's a little bit different. It's called Aliens in America. And this, there's no spacecraft landing in the opening of this episode. This alien is a foreign exchange student who comes to live in the Midwest, and uh, they think that they're going to get an uh, exchange student to help their son, uh, you know, become more of a man and to, uh, to draw him out. This Wisconsin mom arranges to have this student come, and it's going to make her nerdy son more manly. Well, the, the student arrives. It turns out his name is Raja and he's from Pakistan, and the first thing she wants to do is send him home. Hmm. And of course, he turns out to be intelligent and charming, and you can't help but love him, and to see the prejudice that's thrown against him by students and parents and staff who won't give him a chance. So I think that's a very interesting, those two shows. Uh, let's take a look at a couple others here. Uh, Carpoolers, Jerry O'Donnell, Fred Gross, uh, and uh, some others, I think is a very interesting show. It, it's a real smart take on modern man. And I think it's got a chance. A uh, show that I don't give much of a chance to is Cavemen. We've talked about this before. Uh, this stars Bill English and Mick Kroll and some other folks you've never heard of. Of course, it's inspired by the Geico commercials. And what they've done is, they, in order to give these guys uh, contemporary cavemen something to 
struggle with in the modern world, they've turned it into kind of a uh, a racial thing almost. Only instead of race, it's the people who shave against those who don't shave. <laughs> and this is the Cro-Magnons have to cope with the uh, stereotype given them by the Homo sapiens who are all around them. And, uh, you know, they redid the pilot. Uh, I don't know anybody who's really seen uh, what it looks like yet, but no. i got a feeling this is going to be one of those love them or hate them. You're either going to be waving the club or you're going to want to hit them over the head with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, you mentioned Fox's uh, back to you uh, with uh, Grammar and... Uh, and Patricia Heaton, we uh, might want to mention that Fred Willard, well-known, uh, strong supporting uh, actor, will be in, involved in that. And I think the bigger question, Alex, at least for me, is that uh, you know, will viewers still want to see a an old-fashioned, joke-heavy-laden sitcom? And I think the answer is that yes, they they do. Well, sure, uh, sure. They interesting, will. you yeah. mentioned Fred Willard, who's uh, a little bit of a friend of mine. I think he's a wonderful gentleman. But there's an article in the Los Angeles Times recently asking the question: Will Fred Willard steal the show? Is he the funniest guy <laughs> on that program, even with Kelsey Grammer? Wow, that's wow. interesting. Yeah, so a he's good get, reason. He's getting good reason to tune in. Yes, exactly. Okay. We've got uh, again out of time, and I guess we're oh. just going to have to wait here until uh, we get him back on the show, huh, Brad? Yeah. Uh, so for the uh, another update, uh, Alex, always a pleasure. Thanks much for being a part of the advertising show, and and uh, best of luck here as we go into the fall season. Well, thank you, Ray and Brad. Keep up the good work. We'll talk soon. Thanks, you got Alex. it. Thanks. Bye bye. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Another public service announcement from Brill Cream. Men, beware. Use one dab of Brill Cream. Just a little dab makes your hair look... Thanks again to Alex Ben Block, our very special guest. If you've been listening closely to The Advertising Show today, and we hope you have been, uh, you've noticed something unusual here or a similarity thread throughout the whole show. Today's show was devoted to the metrosexual. You see, hmm. we uh, we had uh, commercials from Brill Cream. We had uh, Brute. Uh, what else did we have? I didn't know. I forget uh, a couple of other ones. Brill, yeah, Brill Cream and Brute. I'm thinking of the other ones. I just can't see them at the moment. Anyway, so uh, that was for the metrosexuals here. <laughs> we have uh, this uh, Stephen Addis, who we don't know is a metrosexual, but he might be, is CEO no. of uh, Addis Crease, and, and he will be our guest next week on the advertising show. As we get you into the, the middle of October here, thanks uh, so much for listening. Uh, out of Dublin, Ohio. Dublin, Ohio has one famous folk or company. It's called Wendy's. Uh, her name is Wendy. Wendy's International uh, hearing complaints about their new TV commercial that shows customers floating along a ceiling after apparently inhaling helium. You see, that used to be an okay thing to do when we were kids, but mm-hmm. it's now called huffing. And it's not mm. a good thing to do, and there's a lot of folks doing uh, doing stuff like that, and, uh, and it's not going in a great direction. So the ad began airing a few weeks ago, showing customers standing next to a pressurized tank, talking in high-pitched voices and floating to the ceiling, filling up with just anything that's wrong, the ad says. So a good concept, but they just took it the wrong way. Wendy's spokesman say that uh, the ad clearly depicts an absurd scene. It is a situation that is not real because people don't float on the ceiling, although after huffing, they probably do. The company has taken a small number of calls and has no plans to pull the ad, according to those folks. Uh, According to the uh, National Inhalant Prevention Council, which is a Texas-based group that works to discourage the practice of huffing, uh, they say the ad sends the wrong message to kids. 
And I don't know, I might might agree with that. I don't yeah, know. What do you I think, think? I would. I would agree, yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, all I can say is I'm glad you and I don't have uh, uh, children of an age that uh, – that we'd have to deal with that, Ray, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, hey, we, you know, go, go, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, we've got a little bit of time here left in this last segment. We went a little bit long with Alex's yeah. last one. I want to get uh, Jean Bliss's The Customer Experience in. Sure. Uh, uh, Jean, of course, brand new with the show. Happy to have her here. And it's called uh, How to Stop the the Customer Hot Potato. Okay, we're going to find out what that's all about right now. Welcome to The Customer Experience. Making customers your true priority for a profitable outcome. With your host, author, speaker, consultant, and customer crusader, Gene Bliss. What customers really want is simple, and that's for companies to keep their problems to themselves and provide a seamless experience to customers and clients when they need help. This means to stop the customer hot potato of passing the customer and their problems from one person to the next inside your organization. He who speaks to the customer first should own the customer. Here's three actions to stop the customer hot potato inside your organization. One, identify go-to people for operators when they're on the phone with customers. Two, create a hard standard for response time back to operators. And three, identify an operator as anyone who takes the call. Whether it's your folks on the phone or the VP of engineering, this standard for owning the customer and responding to helping them should stand. This is Gene Bliss reminding you your customers are the most valuable asset of your business. This has been your weekly installment of The Customer Experience with Gene Bliss. Directing transformational customer insights for major U.S. market leaders, Gene is corporate America's change agent for a new inspirational understanding of today's consumer. To learn more about Gene's books and speaking engagements, or simply how to drive customer profitability for your company, log on to CustomerBliss.com. Thanks so much, Gene Bliss, the customer experience here on the Advertising Show, a brand new feature, and uh, look forward to uh, many more of those as well. In addition to uh, Stephen Addis, CEO of Addis Creason, who will be with us next week on the Advertising Show. And you've got somebody else you want to talk about, too. Yeah, I just wanted to, once again, we've been mentioning the last couple shows, uh, hats off and huge thank you to uh, All Terrain, uh, Adam Salacuse, the founder over there, as well as his creative head, Mandeep, who's done a great, great job for us during Advertising Week. If you're a new listener that came to us through our exposure at Advertising Week, then welcome aboard. And uh, if you're an old-time listener that just happened to have seen us and our involvement and exposure at Advertising Week, that was compliments of Alt Terrain, a wonderful alternative media firm out of uh, – uh, Boston, A-L-T-T-E-R-R-A-I-N.com will get you them. And uh, also Captivate Networks, Ray, uh, a great company. And, uh, you Sherry spell that, Gil- too, as long as you're at it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, <laughs> Captivate Networks. Sherry Gilchrist, uh, uh, Vice President of Marketing and, and Programming, and, and uh, a great person and a great company. We had Mike DeFranz, as you well know, Ray, many months right. ago on our show, CEO of Captivate, mm-hmm. and a, a new relationship a, a, and a great company. So uh, thanks to both of those uh, those fine folks. Well, good. That was a very good uh, little segment you did. I'm proud. C a p t i v a t e. There you <laughs> go. dot com. <laughs> C o m. Yes. Uh, okay. So advertising show. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, if you go to the advertisingshow dot com, you're going to find a lot more than just today's show on there as well. It's uh, just a bunch of stuff uh, from uh, actually from uh, way back in 2001, back when Ray had 
less gray hair. Yeah, and something like that. And a few extra pounds, a few less pounds, I should say. Anyway, we uh, hope you enjoyed today's show and hope you come back uh, next week for the Advertising Show with Stephen Addis, CEO of Addis Creason. The Advertising Show, been brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. You can always visit them online at adage.com. And uh, so, I guess with that said, we wrap up today's show, and we will talk to you again next week at theadvertisingshow.com. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, and this is a Big Radio Midgets production.